You're listening to Everyday Parents, a day in the life podcast. We share the everyday routines of parents from all kinds of families. Our episodes start with getting to know each guest's family, then go through their daily routine and wrap up with some reflective questions about parenting. I'm Jerome Cluck, a stay-at-home dad to our daughter, Charlie, and half of your hosting team. And I'm Caitlin Kirby, Jerome's wife, Charlie's mom, and your podcast co-host. Our guest on today's podcast is Mariah. Mariah is the mother of four boys ranging in ages from 2 to 11. She and her husband also have a blended family. Mariah and her husband met when she already had her two older boys. You can also find Mariah on Instagram at motherhood underscore unraveled. Welcome, Mariah. Would you please tell us a little bit about your family? All right. Thank you so much for having me. My husband and I have four children. They're all boys. Our oldest is 11. Our next in age is eight. Our next is three. And then our baby is two. So we are very busy. We are a bit unique in the sense that we're a blended family in that I entered into our relationship with two children um, my oldest two are from a previous relationship, and then the younger two are with my, my husband. Do you share custody with the older two? My oldest, no. The next one, yes. He goes, we have uh, shared custody, and then he goes to his dad's house and spends time with him, his dad's family every second weekend. And then, you know, we split holidays evenly. Does anyone else live in your household? We have a dog whose name is Jasper and he, we got him through a rescue. He's kind of like, he's like a Heinz 57. He's like shepherd and I don't even know what else. He's actually quite beautiful and he's amazing. He's so amazing. We hit the jackpot with him. The kids like lay on him. They like tuck him into bed. They ride him and he's just so happy with life for the most part. And um, he's also obviously a boy, so I'm really outnumbered. So I decided we needed a little bit more female energy. And so we got a cat that's a girl, but she's kind of a jerk. And so, yeah, that's, I guess, our, our family. Where, where do you all live? So we live in a small town in Saskatchewan in Canada. And so we live in Kipling, Saskatchewan. What do you and your husband do for work? So my husband has experience in sales, and then he's been working for the municipal government in recreation programming. I am a teacher by by trade, is kind of my job. I'm a learning support teacher, so I work with kids who, um, a lot of the kids I work with struggle academically, behaviorally, mental health, you name it. Um, But I do get to work with, with all kids. Those are just primarily who I spend a lot of time with. Where are your kids during the day then when you and your husband are working? So our older two are in school full time and then our younger two go to a licensed daycare center. How many kids are at the daycare center approximately? I want to say 40 um, around there. And it's a mix of between like full-time, part-time, casual, school age Okay, so it is a pretty big center then. Mm -hmm. And then as a family, who are kind of your biggest supporters and how often do you see them? 
We, I'm originally from a large, like the, the larger city that's an hour and a half away. And so my parents are, are there and they're actually separated. So they each are give, you know, a, a good amount of support. They're both quite supportive, um, but they are far away. So it's not really an option to be like, oh, hey, mom, so-and-so sick. Can you, can you watch them for me? Um, my husband's family lives on a farm just outside of the town that we're in. So if we're stuck, they help out from time to time. Um, but probably the biggest support I think would be friends at this point. I am really lucky. I've been able to develop um, and watch a number of friendships blossom and grow. And it's really beautiful. I'm really grateful for it. That's probably the biggest support. And um, actually my brother's wife. I have a younger brother. They live eight hours away from us. But I'm just, we have a, a really wonderful relationship that's just based on this support of each other. And that's, that's huge too. Are your most supportive friends also parents or is it a mix? Uh, yeah, at this point, they're all, all parents. Is there anything else that you want to share about your background or your family? It's definitely like the, the mix that we've got has its, its challenges and it's unique and it's wonderful, but then it also has parts that are really, really hard too. So, yeah. Let's hear about your, your daily routine then. What happens first and, and what time does your day start? I have an alarm that goes off at 5.30. That's like in a perfect world <laughs> where I have this really wonderful idea of like all these things I'm going to get done if I get up at 5.30 in the morning. And um, it's very rare that I get up at 5.30 in the morning. So my husband gets up at 5.30 or shortly before and I'm really lucky because he usually lets me lay there like a dead person for a little bit longer and then he'll bring me coffee. And lately he, because um, our younger two get up basically as soon as they hear anybody up. And so he'll go out and make them breakfast. And then I'll slowly like get on the bed and shuffle out there while he gets ready. And then I'll visit with them while they're having breakfast and I'll have my coffee and have breakfast. And at that point, our oldest is also up. And so for him, he actually, he has ADHD. And so mornings can be tough for him because um, he's not regulated. Oftentimes it's really difficult. It's very like up and down and up and down and it can escalate very quickly one of the things in the morning is he's got a very specific set routine. So he knows that he gets up, he has to have his medicine. If he has his medicine, then he gets a screen time because that's something that's rewarding for him. Um, so he'll usually, and we have to supervise it quite closely. Um, otherwise he'll like spit it out or hide it or something. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> you know, sometimes it happens and we miss it. And cause there's like three other kids going around, but um with his so, screen time what is he into what is he watching so he has a nintendo switch and so he plays what does he have on there he's got some like super mario and he's got um fall guys i think is what it's called he is kind of in an age where he really wants to be able to play why is it why can't i think about it? it's a super popular game but it's like not really appropriate 
Well, that could be anything. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> Fortnite? Oh, yes, it's Fortnite. That's it. It's hard for him because a lot of the kids his age, that's what they're playing. And so if he wants to be able to socialize and interact with those kids, he's kind of in a, like, mom's putting him in a bit of a crummy, crummy spot. And it's hard, too, because his younger brother, who's eight, when he goes to his dad's house, guess what game he gets to play? He gets to play that one. So we did, this year, we did let him get that one to play, but then it was kind of becoming an issue. So we'll, we'll get back there again. Um, yeah, so he, he does that. And then while he's doing that, I'm usually making him breakfast and the other ones are finishing up. So then my husband and I kind of take turns with like someone dresses the youngest one and someone dresses the oldest one, or maybe we do bits and pieces of dressing each of them. Or sometimes they're like, no, daddy, don't touch me. And they only want mommy to dress them. Or sometimes it's like, no, mommy, I don't want you. And they only want daddy to dress them. Or sometimes it's like, they don't want anybody. So then it's a bit of a, of a struggle, but, um, Typically, we've got like the younger two dressed and uh, fed and ready to go, and they leave and head out the door with my husband by 7.30. So then at that point, I usually go down and wake up our eight-year-old because he is probably still sleeping, and then he'll usually like slowly come upstairs and I'll like get him his breakfast because he he's very deeply sensitive and so if i were to be like hey buddy get your breakfast he'd probably start crying and so <laughs> it's usually <laughs> it's yeah he it's yeah he just he's very sweet but he's feel he feels things very deeply and if he's angry it's not a good thing it's terrible so the best thing i can is identify just like, with that <laughs> yeah so then once He's had his breakfast. By that point, the oldest one has finished his screen time. So then both of them get dressed. They might get to watch a couple of cartoons uh, or like a little bit of cartoons. And I've got their lunches packed at that point or lunch and snack because our oldest comes home at lunch. And then basically by 8.25ish, they're out the door to walk to school. And my oldest has a pretty good routine. He's actually got we have have an Alexa that we got for our wedding and he has it set that there's a timer that goes off at like 8.15 and then there's a timer that goes off at like 8.20 and then there's a timer that goes off at like 8.25 and he's like, Kate, we got to go. See ya. And then he makes sure that he's got his younger brother who's ready to go and they're out the door. And that seems to like work really good for him. And that was a system he came up with on his own. So it eliminates me having to be like, okay, it's time to go to school. Okay, it's time to go to school. Okay, it's time to go to school. So that's really awesome. And we live really close to school. So that's what things currently look like now. If I'm like teaching and going to work, then what it would look like is I actually leave with my husband and we commute together and the commute's about 45 minutes and we would leave around that 7.30 time. What would the older boys do if you're commuting? So our oldest took the babysitter's course. Um, and so he would stay home and he's kind of, that's kind of how he actually got the system with the timers. And so we would just make sure that he's like had his medicine before we leave. And we would be responsible for like getting his brother up so that that's not on him. 
And then we make sure that like all the lunches and everything are good to go. So they just basically have to put them in their backpacks and head on their way. So if we weren't home, there's more cartoons that are watched, but you know, it also keeps them from fighting with each other. And yeah, it was before we'd started recording, you mentioned that you're on leave right now. And so that's why the routine is a little bit different. Yeah. All right. So everybody's off to school, daycare, work. What happens next? Um, right now, what it looks like is um, the kids or my oldest comes home at lunch. So he'll get home around like five after 12 or 10 after 12. And at that point, I've kind of got lunch ready for him. And then he and I sit down and we play a card game usually is what we play together. So today, for instance, we play take two. He kicked my butt every single round except for one, which is a really humbling experience. <laughs> and then he'll basically like, once he's finished his lunch, um, around 1230 or so, he'll head back to school. And then I continue on and I guess if I'm home, I should backtrack a little bit. Once the kids leave from school, I typically have like my own routine for when I'm home. So some things I found to be really important are like I'll do a 30-minute yoga practice. And then I'm currently trying to crush through a university course in a month. And so then I'll basically spend the rest of my morning trying to focus on reading a textbook <laughs> until he comes home. And then it's a bit of a brain break. So I'll usually continue with that into the afternoon while like maybe throwing in some laundry or prepping something for supper. And then both of the older two kids will come home. They usually get home around like 3.30. And then they've got some tasks that they have to do for when they come home. And so we've got them outlined kind of on our our fridge where it's like, these are so-and-so's jobs. These are the other person's jobs, these are like mom and Austin's jobs, just to kind of be like, hey, everybody in our family, we all work together. Everybody has a job. It's not just that we're running slave labor over here um, with the kids. So it's been helpful too for them to see, okay, like mom and Austin have jobs that they have to do too. So our oldest is responsible for walking our dog after school for um, he is in band so he has to practice his musical instrument every day and then any homework has to get done those are kind of the three tasks that he he has to do typically when he gets home before he can go and play with friends two weeknights he has hockey practice so then he would by the time that stuff is done guess for hockey our eight-year-old his jobs are he's responsible for feeding the cat and the dog he also has to do his homework. Each of them also is responsible for like making their bed, picking up their clothes, and then we all work together cleaning up from supper. But basically, once those after-school tasks are done, they can go play with friends. They could potentially have a bit more screen time. Do they have friends in the neighborhood? Our eight-year-old does. Our oldest, unfortunately, a lot of his friends live on farms. And so it's more difficult for him. And so a lot of the time he feels kind of left out or is kind of bummed because he sees his brother playing with all these kids. And he's at the age where he's like, okay, I don't really want to go and play with a bunch of eight-year-olds. So it's that's been hard for him. But every once in a while, 
um, he's able to go and play with like his cousin if his cousin doesn't have hockey or, or stuff like that. So, which is nice. So I'm stuck on something real quick. So the 11 year old is able to walk to school. Yeah. Um, and then he walks himself home for lunch. Yeah. Okay. So it was like a big deal in my school that you were not allowed to leave the premises. Like we had staff members watching the doors to see if people were coming back. And then you were in deep shit (laughs) if you were caught leaving the grounds. So it's just kind of mind bending to me that you would be allowed to walk away from the school and come back. Yeah. Well, typically the policy is like closed campus for, I think, kids from like kindergarten to grade six or maybe even grade seven but if the parent is like hey they need to come home for lunch then then it's okay weird radical yeah i mean like you know we were we weren't we weren't old enough to buy cigarettes or beer so i don't know what they thought we were going to go get out and do but like it was a very big thing that like you weren't allowed to come back i mean you must be thinking more of like high school too because obviously the elementary kids aren't going out to buy cigarettes and beer (laughs) yes well he it was actually kind of this thing that like wasn't supposed to be everyday thing but he's come to really enjoy it and you would think typically okay well the 11 year old wants to come home and they're just gonna like watch tv or like play video games but he it's super interesting it's actually really beautiful because we just spend quality time together yeah, and that one-on-one yeah. time is rare, I'm sure. Yeah, it's especially when his siblings come home, it's kind of like a circus. And so um, I think that that's a big piece of it too, is that's just time that's his. So we left off with the older boys are home, they've done their tasks and then go off to play with friends or do screen time or whatever. Yeah, so there's a couple nights a week where our oldest has hockey, and then both of them actually today was the first day started um, basketball at school. And so they basically, that's just once a week. So they had basketball from 3.30 until 5. So they got home shortly after 5, came home, and then they had to start those tasks that have to get done every day. Um which basically took them up until supper time. My husband gets home around like 5.30, 5.45 or so. And so then if it's my night to cook, I typically try to have supper ready for when he comes home because he also brings the younger two home from daycare. And when they get home, they're like the definition of hangry. It's like the preschooler and the toddler with the unrational and like the ability, like inability to regulate and like freaking out and crying because they're they're hungry. So everybody eats together? Yes. The odd night time might be our oldest if he has hockey. So his hockey practice runs six until seven. He'll either eat before he leaves or he'll eat when he comes home. And so those two nights a week, we aren't necessarily all together, but every other night we are. It doesn't always look like a magical eating together. Like sometimes the toddler is like, no, I don't like the supper that you made. I'm going to play with my trucks instead. You said that and everybody helps clean up. Yeah. Supper time is like a really kind of important moment where we're just able to slow down. So we try and drag it out a little bit. We've got like a special routine with conversations at supper And then once we're done, we all move into cleaning up. So I might wash the dishes. 
the older to dry the my husband might sweep there's some usual like version of that that plays out and even the younger too like they'll help clear their like their dishes from the table and they'll help um like if when we're setting the table i might say hey willie do you want to put the the plate or the napkins on and he'll put the napkins on and then the baby might see that and he might want to be like me if he wants to do something too so we might give him something not breakable that he can put on so yeah it's it's good and then that way too it takes away from like that task taking so long we don't have a dishwasher yeah when we didn't have a dishwasher growing up i'm child number six of seven and so my mom would put us to work and the two siblings immediately older than me are both my sisters and so we would fight over you know who has to wash who has to rinse and then who has to dry and based on how happy you were with your job assignment, you would then turn around and bitch at the other sibling for not rinsing well enough. Like, I can't dry this soap or I'm, you didn't do a well enough job washing. Like, mom, you have to swap us out here. She's dogging it. Well, this explains some things about when I try and help you with chores. <laughs> <laughs> or we end up with like, it looks like the kitchen got flooded sometimes. Like, depending <laughs> on who, who wound up washing, you walk in there and it's like, oh, boy. Is it pretty much bedtime after all of that? Yeah. So usually once the younger two are done in the tub, we like do like the lotion and the jammies and the brushing the teeth and reading a story. And then I'll go lay with one. My husband will lay with the other one. And then that's kind of when the older two um, have their baths and brush their teeth and then Hopefully, fingers crossed, if we actually got the younger, excuse me, younger two to sleep at a decent time, because honestly, bedtime is probably our biggest struggle right now with particularly our youngest. So sometimes it doesn't work out super great. And it'll be like after nine and we still don't have him asleep because he's just not having it. Then we'll go and we'll all sit down and like the two oldest and my husband and I will sit down and we'll play a game together. And then he goes to bed around 8, 8.15, and then our oldest goes to bed around 8.45 is kind of when they go down to their, their rooms. They each have their own rooms. Does anybody share a room, or do they all have their own? Eventually, our younger two will be in the same room, but because our youngest, he so he's two, but he still doesn't sleep through the night. Like I said, we've had a really tough time with him. Um, with sleeping and we're just navigating some health pieces with him. That's what I was going to ask. Is this like a regression with the two-year-old or has it always just been tough? He's always been a really terrible sleeper, which sucks. I'm sure you can both relate with like when you're not sleeping, it's like, this is awful. And I found too, it's like, we're sitting here and like, at least when they're little, little, you hold on to it. It's like, okay, you know, like, for sure by the time they get to six months but we're like at two years and it's like oh my gosh it's not getting better well it was frustrating too because we were going to the pediatrician and the pediatrician was like well it's behavioral and so then I went and paid for like an actual sleep trainer whatever anyway so now it turns out we've had a bunch of tests done and, and things like that and his tonsils are really enlarged and so he's basically having a really tough time breathing at night. And so he wakes up so often because he can't breathe properly. 
And so we're actually just waiting to get into a specialist to get them most likely removed. Okay. Well, it's nice to then at least have a reason for why the sleep isn't happening. I know that doesn't make you feel more well-rested, but. Well, and it was so interesting too. Like when the pediatrician was like, well, it's behavioral, then it's almost like that piece of, as a parent, you sit back and you're like, oh man, like I suck. And then you're like, this is all my fault. And I know too, I was like, well, none of like the other kids had this trouble. Like what's going on? Like, what did I do so wrong this time? And, you know, it's none of those things necessarily at all. But in those moments, I guess, com like combined with all that sleep deprivation, your head maybe goes in a different direction. That's not always positive. So we just have the one daughter and it's easy to like when stuff goes wrong or she was not a great sleeper until very recently um you have no other kid to compare it to so I always thought like well maybe by the second one you would realize like yeah it's probably just something with the kid like it's not your fault as a parent that you made this totally normal thing happen you know some kids just have trouble sleeping or whatever it is but apparently <laughs> Apparently, there's still plenty of room to blame yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that's with everything. You're laughing over there. <laughs> uh, no, because you're you're completely right. Um, and, the you know, I, sleep is such like a base and in, integral part of, I don't know, every mammal's existence that like even when you told me that you were told that it was behavioral, like I just rejected that outright and it's not even my kid i'm like there's no possible way how do you approach the night wake-ups well what we've been doing currently is like i'll lay with him until he falls asleep in our bed and then we'll transition him to his crib so when he wakes up we'll try and soothe him in his crib and sometimes he'll fall back asleep so like we might just pat his back and like make soft noises or, or something or sing to him. And sometimes he'll go back to sleep. Sometimes he won't and he'll just get super upset. So then we just bring him back into bed with us. But even then he's just super restless. So it's kind of like an ongoing thing throughout the night where you just have to resettle him and then fall back asleep and then resettle him the next time and then fall back asleep. So. End each interview with a couple of three questions. Uh, you can take them in any order you want. What has been your biggest parenting win recently? Uh, what would you say has been your biggest parenting challenge? And then uh, what are some ways that you and your husband take time for just yourselves? So I talked about the sleeping. That's a challenge. But um, I guess the other biggest challenge is with our oldest right now. Um he's kind of he's making it a bit difficult for my husband he's kind of balking him and you're not my dad I don't have to listen to you and so I know my husband's really struggling with that you know it's just bringing up a lot of feelings for him and he's been here for quite a number of years but it's been hurtful for him and so just trying to still respond with empathy in those moments and you know, still show up as a parent when he isn't being respected as one. So that's been really challenging. Um, and then, you know, me, how can I support him, but then also support my son through what he's going through, because it's bringing up something for him. 
And so he needs support with that too. And so I think for me, sometimes I feel like I'm being pulled in two different directions and it's always a question of like, okay, am I, am I responding to this the right way? I don't honestly know, but in this moment, this is what I think is best at this time. And hopefully it works. <laughs> and it's, I find that it's something too, that I at least haven't found a lot of people talk about, or I haven't found a lot of information necessarily on, on that. Um, and a lot of my friends personally, their lives and their families aren't the same as mine. And so it's been, it's been interesting. It's, I felt like I haven't had a lot of information or resources or strategies to turn to in that moment. It's kind of like, okay, we're winging this. And I just really hope that I'm making the right decisions right now. Um, the biggest win would be, hmm, I actually have lots that I'm like super grateful for, but um, today actually, and it's so beautiful to see each child develop and their personalities develop and be like, oh, like I must not be sucking as a parent. This is great. Um, but our oldest came home today, had had basketball, was tired, did all of his homework, did his tasks. And then he actually went and like took the initiative to like help get supper started because our younger two are actually homesick today. And our three-year-old is quite sick. And the poor guy hasn't really wanted to leave his bed and just wants all of the mommy snuggles, which is fantastic. But when you're like, okay, I still have to like make supper and <laughs> all of these other things, you know, that adds some, some challenges. And so my 11-year-old actually like started cooking supper and then when I went and took over, I was looking for him and looking for him because supper was on the table and here he was reading to his little brother that's sick. And so it was a really heartwarming moment because it's like, wow, like that's beautiful. You know, we're fostering this environment perhaps where he's seeing how you can be loving towards each other or, you know, just the taking initiative ever, like even I was super proud about and like the kindness I thought was really beautiful. So I was like, huh, that's a win. That's good. Yeah. So sweet. My very, when you, I think you had said it was your eight-year-old who was a sensitive, sensitive in the mornings. Yeah. Yeah. My very first thought when you said that was, uh, that must've been a lot of fun to just like watch that personality trait develop. You know, when I think about just all the different ways that kids grow, like the one I'm most excited for is whenever I get to see like her be herself and those personality traits develop and almost irrespective of what it is to be able to look at a behavior and be like, that's, that's very you, that's very individual and unique to you. That must be a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's super cool because like our oldest for instance is very reserved and like he's not a super like emotionally expressive individual and he's very independent he's very like intelligent and then our, our next one is like sunshine he is like i don't know how else to describe him except that he's like sunshine and he has big feelings and he has like deep empathy and then, you know, there are moments where it's not all positive there, like where we've got the big feelings and the negative self-talk that we're navigating with him too. But it's it's very beautiful 
And, you know, he's also the one that, like, if we're cleaning up and we've got music playing, he's got the craziest dance moves ever. Like, he's just <laughs> giving her. He's being his authentic like, self with all of the crazy moves. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's really fun. And then the younger ones, too. Like, you see glimmers where it's like, oh, this is going to be interesting to see what happens. And then I guess the last one, the some ways that you take care of yourself throughout the day. Um... For me, that um, that yoga practice in the morning has been really, um, it's kind of a habit now. And it's like, if I don't do it. So for instance, even this morning, I was like, I don't want to do it. I'm overwhelmed. I don't want to do it. And it's like, Mariah, just do it. Put out the mat and do the Like, do it. You'll feel better after. Um, and sure enough. And then getting outside, I find, is like the biggest, most helpful thing. My husband he plays hockey on a rec hockey team. He, he actually, it's something he struggles with because he needs to do more to kind of take care of himself, but he's more so like wants to spend time together. So we'll like play a game or we'll um, maybe watch a TV show or something like that. But yeah. Do you mean like take two or do you mean like a video game? Like what kind of game are we talking about here? Um, usually it's card games or board okay. games. We don't have, we've been talking about getting a video game, like console, like, uh, for the TV, but then we're kind of like, oh man, are we going to have like kids that are sneaking out Ooh. with the video game console at like all hours of the night? And so we're, we're arguing not over quite it. ready to navigate that. Yeah. Yeah. There were no bigger fights in my house than my older brothers and I fighting over like the Super Nintendo and stuff. It's definitely a very, very risky move on your part <laughs> to make that commitment. Well, cool. That's all I got. Yeah. Thank you very much. That was our second guest from Saskatchewan. Yeah. We've got to be working our way up to a significant percentage of the population. eh? <laughs> I really loved hearing her talk about the different personalities of her her children and watching those appear. I think that's definitely been one of the most fun parts of parenting for us. And our daughter is still very much just like a toddler in that like it's hard to tell what some of those sort of like tendencies are going to be. Yeah, um, It's obvious. I feel like Mariah obviously is very like observant of and in tune with her kids like i i feel like you can just really tell the connection that she has with them from the way that she talks about them and you know i'm sure it's not always picture perfect but i just really appreciated hearing the way that she talked about them yeah i was i don't know what it was about her describing the kid as being like sensitive in the mornings but that really hit me as like a very manifest part of someone's personality and to this point you know charlie has only had such small examples of that but i just got really excited selfishly t for my own reasons to see what you know charlie will look like but i mean that must just be super i don't know fulfilling i'll let you know in a couple of years it's a beautiful journey 